I don't have an exciting beginning for this episode. I normally plan it out to have something stupid or funny to say, but I didn't today. So we're just gonna go ahead and jump into it. Let's introduce ourselves, because we don't need to still do that, but let's do it anyways. Hi, I'm Kerf Murph. I'm a monster. Yeah. I like to interrupt people accidentally. Are you gonna- are you gonna say your name? It's just me today. Oh, it's just you today? It's just me today. You guys are just here to listen. Sounds like what it usually is. Oh! My heart. Not even out of the intro and the claws are like, three inches deep. (laughs) Introduce yourselves. Oh, Ultimate Zombie Toast. Um, I am Rick. A.K.A. Ninja Rick, A.K.A. the linchpin that holds this podcast together. A.K.A. Brother Hammer, as your name is on Discord now. What's that about? That is the translation of Chinese Thor. What? It, the Avengers version of Thor in their films <laughs> is translated as Brother Hammer. That is so lame. You're lame. You're named after Toast. You can't tell me my name's Lane. Well, she's named after Zombie Toast. There's a qualifier there that makes everything different. So you're dead and lame. Well, undead. Yes. Not really living and lame. So much more unique than your name. Brain dead and lame. (laughs) Well, I mean, Post is never going to be lame. Ultimately, brain dead and lame. I don't know about brain dead. I mean, there's still enough, you know... Well, you're narcoleptic, so there. That is true. That is not the comeback you think it is. <laughs> I mean, you might as well be brain dead. Yeah. For how much you're asleep. Yeah, that's probably... <laughs> that's probably what we should do. So, uh, we're gonna start with our recently beat and currently playing, uh, as we usually do. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and get started, because apparently I just talk and talk and talk, so I might as well keep doing it! If it's been working well so far, why stop now? So... Somebody call 911. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Let's see, recently beat, I'll just go from most recent to least recent. Uh, so last thing I beat was Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze for the Nintendo Switch. Um, it's a pretty good game. Um, I feel like a lot of people have been building it up as like a masterpiece in recent no. years. It's not... <laughs> I mean... Uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns and Tropical Freeze are both good games. I mean, they're solid platformers, and they have great level design, but I don't know, they're so touchy to me. I don't know if you feel that way, Toast. They don't look as good as the Super Nintendo ones, or at least in my opinion. I like the 16-bit graphics a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I mean... They're so charming. They are charming, and nostalgic in many ways. I mean, I think they're still good-looking games, just, like, colors and character designs and whatnot. But, I don't know, especially Tropical Freeze, there were two worlds that were just boring. Very boring. The first world, where it's all the, like, 
ruined airplanes and stuff. And yeah. then the underwater world. Both of those were just... Their underwater worlds are always garbage, though. I mean, but has there ever been, like, an underwater world? I guess there have been. I at liked least in the, the first swamp one, levels in two. Those underwater worlds were kind of... Well, horrible, but interesting looking. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> you punk. For the new listeners, I haven't played the Donkey Kong games, and I am sort of a little bit hated by the rest of this panel. I mean, rightfully it. so. I mean, anybody well, who hasn't played Donkey Kong Country, the original trilogy, you can't really trust them. <laughs> All of my friends ever. Yeah, yeah, you can't, can't trust, trust them, Dave. Gatekeeping to the extreme. When you say touchy in terms of controls, do you mean it's sort of too responsive? Or Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, I mean, I'm used Not to... balance. Yeah, yeah. Like, when you're in the old games, when you would do, like, a roll into a jump to, like, speed up your momentum and stuff, and then, like, if you need to correct, you can do that by pulling back a little bit, and you can kind of do it that way um and it kind of has a good weight to it whereas the distribution of momentum between when you're going from just like a walking jump between like a rolling jump the momentum is so off between the two of them and i could never find i could never find the perfect in between for them so i died a lot because of it that's so important to a platformer because if you don't get that right, that's sort of everything. Yeah, and I mean, like, it it still works because it is responsive enough that if you have good enough reflexes, you can still correct back to where you need to be. Um, I don't have great reflexes, as I have gone on the record about. Uh, so, yeah. And then... Also, it does have unfair deaths. I know people try to say that it doesn't, but it absolutely does. Um, things that you cannot possibly see coming, that they just drop a boulder on your head and you're dead. So, not a big fan. Oh, of that. three also did, though. Yeah, that's true. Not so much in two. I don't think just because I'm unfairly biased and I'm going to say it's the best thing ever. <laughs> but um, I feel like one and three did. Also, there's no Dixie Kong, and I love Dixie. Dixie is in Tropical Freeze. She is. I yeah. can't remember. Uh, Tropical Freeze added Dixie and Cranky. Oh, I don't. I'm, we they got rid of Cranky like in the other one. Cranky was not in Returns, and neither in was Returns. Dixie. Returns uh, only oh, had yeah. Diddy. And yeah. Diddy sucks thinking... in both games. Well, yeah, it's Diddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Dixie's where Diddy. it's at. Dixie is where it's at. That is very true. Anyway, I'll move on because I've been talking about that for a while. Uh, before that, I beat the new God of War, which was a pretty darn good game. Um, I don't know if it holds as much of a spot in my heart as the original three games but definitely the second half of the game is much more playable than the first half of the game once your son companion atreus actually 
is able to like hold his own in battle with all of his upgrades and stuff, then it smooths out so much and becomes an actual fun combat experience. Until that happens, it's kind of slow going. But, I mean, the world design is great. Go ahead. Sorry. That's the second time I've, like, jumped down your throat in five minutes. It's um, the, the whole upgrade thing with the new God of War, every time I hear people talking about it, it just makes me feel a bit icky, because it sounds like they're talking about an RPG, not Kratos beats down on people in the game, which is they, sort of what I want. There were upgrades in the first one, though. Yeah, but you think about them for, like, two seconds. It's not full-on upgrade trees and... Oh. Yeah, well, it is very different. Uh, I guess... Like, the original God of War, I think, cumulatively over the course of the game, I spent about five minutes in menus just throwing points at things. Yeah. Because, I mean, the way it worked in the old games, if I'm remembering correctly, is, like, every time you killed someone or opened one of those red soul boxes or whatever, then they gave you points, and then you would the only decision you would have to make is, which blade do I put points into? Pretty much, yeah. Whereas in the new game, it is absolutely an action rpg um you have equipment that you have to put on uh you have to like put sockets of talismans and relics into those uh into those armored slots and stuff there there's just a lot of systems that i never fully got used to even in i played it for like 20 hours i think 26 hours. Dang, that's more than I thought. <laughs> um, yeah, I never really got used to them, and I think that my ability to do combat efficiently was kind of messed up by that. There were all of these, like, runic attacks that you have to do that are, like, combo moves that have cooldown and all of that sort of stuff, and they're pretty cool to use, but I didn't find out that you could actually upgrade them until, like, four hours before I beat it, or something. Oh, God. So, there's just a lot of menus and a lot of systems. Um, which isn't, like, a problem. It's just that I didn't use them like they wanted me to. I feel like it's better than the original, because the original was pretty thoughtless in how it... it if you're gonna not get that in-depth with it, why bother having the ability to upgrade when it's so, like, just dump points. Well, I mean, the decision-making that you had to make in the earlier games ultimately came down to basically specializing which weapon tree you want to go down. So you could have your Blades of Chaos if you liked those the best, but then you could also have, like, your sword weapon or some of the other types of weapons that they gave you. So... Like, ultimately, if you decide at the beginning of the game, okay, this is the weapon I like to use, then you can put all your points into that, and you can make yourself a beast at that. Or you can specialize among all of them if you want to have different tools for different battles. So, I mean, I don't think it was thoughtless, but I definitely think that they have different strengths to them. Hmm. The new one sounds better. Well, I mean... You're also a very story-oriented person, so I think that the yeah. new one would definitely be much more up your alley. And Whereas... I'm getting bought it, so all I have to do is finish the first three, and then I'll get bought the new one. So I'm like... <laughs> first kind three? Of... They're like six. 
Yeah, yeah. but they don't. The others don't matter. Uh, yeah. Ascension seems like it matters. Ascension. Something about the combat of it just rubbed me the wrong way. Is it not the same combat, though? It actually isn't. I mean, it has similar mechanics, but there was something about it. It was a long time since I played it, but it was just weird. I don't know. Anyway, I will move on from that as well. The only other game that I've beaten since the last episode was uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD, which... (laughs) Which we were going to talk about as part of the Game of the Month discussion today. But... Game of the Month of its history. My lovely co-hosts did not, one, attempt to try it, or two, get very far. Oh, okay, I see. (laughs) You tried to call me out earlier. To be fair, I have played Wind Waker 12 times. Why... The crap do I have to play it again? <laughs> and in my defense, I beat Phantom Hourglass. It's like the same game. That is not even remotely true. <laughs> <laughs> I want to physically hurt you. How to trigger game is 101. <laughs> yeah, but Toast tried to call me out. She said, like, we were talking before we recorded. She was like, oh, mister, I, I don't think... I don't think you've gotten any further than that, so I don't want to hear from the peanut gallery. Oh, yeah, and you like, actually, I beat it this month. I 100%ed it this month. Oh, there's no achievements. It's There's no definitive proof. He did not. He's lying. Do you want oh, the definitive heart. proof? You want me to take photos of my Nintendo gallery figurines, how I have each one of them in oh, the gallery? Oh, I went gallery? too far, and now I can't back down. How I have every single heart container, how I got all of the treasure charts. Come on, bring it on, fight me! I'll take you down. You heard it it here first, Murphy's balling. (laughs) Anyway, all I'll say about Wind Waker is that it's very good. Everybody should play it. Everybody should have played it this month. We'll get to that later. I just wish you didn't rely so much on the stylus. I think that's its one big downfall. The stylus? What? Oh, you, you, oh, oh, can we just, (laughs) what are the arson laws in the UK? Thankfully, very prohibitive. (laughs) (laughs) Right, before this completely goes off the rails, shall I jump in and you? Uh, let's see, I guess I should also mention what I'm currently playing. Um, the only new things that I've added there... I started playing Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valencia um, because I've owned it for many moons and I haven't started it yet. I know your feelings on it, Toast. Um, I mean, you know, systems or whatever aside, I will give it that it has so far a better plot than Fates. That's pretty low bar That's to set. Given. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm enjoying the character interactions and all of that, so... I'm not very far, only, like, three hours or so, but it's been good to me. And then, yesterday I just started Castlevania Circle of the Moon. Uh, and, I mean, it's a... It's a Metroidvania Castlevania, and there's never anything to complain about with those. Although, Circle of the Moon is arguably the worst of, sort of, the six Egovanias. 
I mean, that's still not saying much, though. It's still a good game. I know, that, that still makes it very good, don't get me wrong, but it's, I think, by a margin, all of the other five games are significantly better even than that. I'm trying to think how I'd order them. I'd probably put Cleaver at the top, then the two Sorrow games, then Portrait of Ruin, and then Harmony of Dissonance. Which, to be fair, a lot of people prefer Circle of the Moon to Harmony of Dissonance, but... Wait, so where does... Where does Soten fall in that? Yeah, I suppose you would count that as an eager venue, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> I was thinking of sort of the handheld ones. I would put it... between Portrait of Ruin and the Sorrows games. So that would be, like, number three? In uh, your that'd list? be number four. Four, okay. Yeah. Cool. But anyway. I... Castlevania is one of the, like... 10 things that matters in this world. So, uh, always good. Never a problem. That's a list for a future podcast. Play Castlevania. <laughs> we should just have a Castlevania episode someday because, boy, I have a lot to say. Yeah, there's a lot to be said. And I will be able to contribute in no way, shape, or form. And I look Can forward we, to it immensely. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Oh, how this terrible. Mm. You uh, you blipped out a little bit on my side. So whatever horrible thing you just said. I was just crying. Oh, just crying. Yeah, cause my feelings are hurt. Oh no, that's never happened on this podcast before. Nice. <laughs> um, All just tearing each other down constantly. Pretty much. Toe's got a taste of her own medicine this time. So <laughs> she said she couldn't contribute to a Castlevania discussion. I said we should bring that discussion forward then. And yeah. <laughs> Alright, that's all I've got. So who wants to go next? Sweet. I'm going to be a little bit greedy and throw myself in because I've got a big completion this month. Ooh. Fortnite, whatever. And that is University Deadline Simulator 2018. It's done. Finally. I am, however, playing the spin-off DLC, which is Public Speaking Competition Simulator. Why? So, Rick? Do we need to... It came, it came as Game of the Year bundle, alright? I've got it, I need to beat it out of there. I Do we to need to derail this entire episode and just have, like, a... <laughs> what do they call them? Why am I blanking on the word? What, like a retrospective? No, no. The thing they do for <laughs> alcoholics. Intervention. There you go. Oh, yeah. Intervention. <laughs> Maybe no, it's a bit late for the intervention. So briefly on UDS, it's okay. I would struggle to recommend it to anyone unless they're planning on playing one of the two sequel follow-up games, which are degree-related job simulator or postgraduate study simulator. <laughs> if you have your mindset on one of those two, then by all means go and hit the first one out because you sort of need to understand the story from it to move forward but otherwise you know give it a pass not really worth your time and then other than that bombshell i've got three other games i beat since we last recorded so just quickly ooh, side note i just won a copy on ebay of final fantasy tactics advance wow hooray yay Woo! 
That was so enthusiastic, guys. Thank you. Oh, Live like... on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. So... That's about the applause it deserves. <laughs> Would you put them away, please? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not, don't worry. <laughs> so, Game Numero Uno, Adventures of Mana, the Vita port. Which is a port of like a really old Game Boy game. It's pretty good. You can definitely tell that it was made in the 90s. It has the sort of screen transition animation. It has four-way directional movement. It has quite a convoluted progression through the story. But they've made some quality of life tweaks. So you have more sort of hot slots to possibilities and what have you. The graphics, I didn't think I would like as much as I did, but I actually think they frame the game quite nicely. Um, don't mind some sort of the older trappings. I think it's well worth a look, especially at the price. It's only, um, I think on sale, I paid like £5 for it. Maybe full price, 10 11 12 I think it's still worth that. The second one I played is a game called Sonic Suggests. The joke being Sonic Forces, Sonic Suggests. And it's literally a six-minute meme game. Why are you shaking your head, Toast? Why is your face... Oh, making... no! You can't call that a game. <laughs> it's a little bit dirty putting it down as a completion. <laughs> it's funny. For five minutes, it's funny. Mm. And that's all it really had to be, because it's free. <laughs> it... it... Price-wise, it's free, but... Yeah, what's the price you paid with your yes. soul? What soul? <laughs> oh, I paid that price long ago. Um, yeah, that game deserves no more time, really. And the last one that I beat is the Vita port of XCOM Enemy Unknown, which they call it unknown, but it contains most of the within expansion content. And it's just as good as it is everywhere else. I will say it's probably a little bit more glitchy than it is on PC. So on at least three occasions, I had a unit glitch into the scenery and be unmovable for the rest of the game. Um, there were a couple of times where throwable items would get caught on the hitbox of the character throwing them, which was quite frustrating because one of my snipers had the ability where you can throw... Uh, what's essentially a sight grenade it gives you another line of sight so you can sort of scout enemies without them seeing you but it's not much good when that extra sight is exactly where you are and it's stuck there but honestly those things are quite minor in the context of a 30-40 hour experience which is up there with the best games available full stop in my view and if you want to play it on the go and you don't mind sort of a little bit of a graphical drop some slightly extended load times I think it's well worth getting on Vita and yeah so that's what I played just briefly in terms of what I'm playing I've sort of fallen down the 3DS rabbit hole big stuff <laughs> so between Project X Zone and Shin Megami Tensei 4 I've lost about 30 odd hours in the past couple of weeks just to those two games not counting Rocket League or anything else I've been playing. It's a lovely little system. I quite like the yeah. 3D. I know a lot of people don't, and I suspect I'm helped somewhat by the, the stabilization of it on the newer models. But 
I think it really, really adds something, especially in Shin Megami Tensei 4, where you're exploring these underground caverns, you're seeing enemies around you, and it feels like you're looking into this little active diorama, and it really, it really makes the visuals, I think. So, yeah, I mean, do you guys have any thoughts on that, or...? I mean, nothing to add except that you're right, the 3DS is beautiful and amazing, and I love it with all my heart. It's pretty baller. It's pretty good. I'm quite happy. I spent a lot of time in high school on it. I don't spend as much time now, but uh, it was my go-to system in high school, so I'm pro 3DS. Yeah. To be fair, with how long you spent on Fire Emblem, that was probably your go-to system just for that one game of that. <laughs> yeah. Mad. I mean, I think that I played my 3DS more than my consoles during my undergrad. Um, just because I would be out on campus all day and need something to play, so it would either be emulating something on my laptop or playing whatever I rented for my 3DS. So, yeah. Oh yeah, because you're, you're still on the Gamefly hype, aren't you? I am. <laughs> and it's still working out well for me. Yeah. Well, have you got ordered on it at the minute? That's how you played God of War, wasn't it? That's how I played God of War. That's actually how I played Tropical Freeze, also. So, just mm. sent them packing. Um, let's see. Maybe my new games have been sent out for me to check on. In case we needed uh, another Gamefly commercial in the middle of the podcast. If you want to sponsor us, just let us know. <laughs> yes, because we're worth sponsoring right now. <laughs> I, I think, I think I'm worth With our average of, I think, 30 listens? For all you know, the conversion rate might be 50%. It's not quantity, it's quality. <laughs> and you, lovely listener, I think you're quality. Yeah, you sitting there with your headphones in your ears... You have a lovely smile, and you contribute so much to the world just by being in it. We've seen what you've been doing, and we're proud of you. Keep it up, champ. Yeah. Honestly, if I was listening to that, that would make me uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) That's sort of what I was going for. Anyway, uh, I have Runner 3, which has been sent to me. That's like bit.trip runner3. Oh, is that the auto runner? Yeah, yeah. I've never understood the appeal of those. Well, then you're a dingus. Like, not of runners, I get it, but the bit trip ones seem to have a special place in people's affections, and I've never understood what they do that's any different from what you could download for free on a phone. Hmm. I don't have a good answer for that, but just take me at my word that it's good. I'll think about it. I have also next on my list is Detroit Become Human. Oh, now I'll be interested to hear what you think about that. I'm not expecting much, but we'll see. It's quite the best way. Yeah. Anyway, is that all for you, Rick? Yeah, that's me. Okay, is my Gamefly Rentals all for you? 
I hope so. I mean, if you want to forward them on, I won't say no. <laughs> All right, Toast. Your turn. Okay, so obviously I haven't finished anything. Shocker. Um, Certainly didn't finish I Wind am... Waker. Way. Um, but... has fangs too. <laughs> I am still playing Kira Kira, and I'm still playing God of War, and I have fallen down the rabbit hole that is Stardew Valley. Ooh. Um, I well, I used to play it back when it came out, and then I dropped it because there wasn't much going on with it at the time. And now that there's the like multiplayer mod or beta, uh, it has become a lot more. Uh, I, I think I've spent like 50 hours in the first like two or three days playing it. <laughs> Um, it, there was one time where I played it for 18 hours straight, Oof. and I was like, I don't want to go to bed. <laughs> did you, um, like, do this while in the kitchen and simultaneously in the <laughs> toilet? How did you make that? I didn't have to do anything that day. So, I woke up early to play the game, and then I didn't want to go to bed because I was playing the game. Damn. Um, and I... Like, I modded the crap out of it, obviously. Shock. And it is so much fun. Ugh. I added so much good stuff to it. All my characters are super cute. I have, uh... <laughs> like... It's aesthetic. So good. Prime aesthetic. What do you even <laughs> mod into a game like that? Mm, uh... More recipes, like, for cooking. Um, more skill points more uh like textures more quests more dialogue more cutscenes more hard events anything and everything uh, more items like more artisan goods to sell is there so, not enough there already no there's not there's never enough <laughs> that sounds like hubris if you can add in mods then you should because if the good the game's good already, you can make it better, as long as it doesn't crash. That's like that's like a philosophical conundrum right there. Like, we'll have to get into that some other day. Well, I'm right. <laughs> if you can, you should is a very dangerous argument. <laughs> if you can fill up your hard drive, do it. If you can get more things, do it. If you can mod your game, do it. Yeah, until all of your Bethesda games crash on you. I didn't say mod Bethesda. Also, oh, but I said, you can mod Bethesda, so you should mod Bethesda. I said you yeah. could mod the game if the game wasn't broken already. But you can still mod it. Yeah, but it's already broken. Ah, uh, but now you're adding extra rules. Mm. Go somewhere far away. <laughs> He's already pretty far away. He needs to be farther. Five time zones isn't enough. I'll give Elon Musk a call next time he's sending something up there. I'll go. Anyway, what else? Toast. That's, that's all. Just that's it. Kira got a warrant in Saturday Valley. Okay. My life has become much smaller. Excelente. Alright, so we're going to transition on from there. And uh, we're actually going to... I don't know if this is going to take very long, but we're going to pick up a discussion that was left off in the forums 
um, regarding the game of the month. Um, so I didn't really have a plan of attack for this, but I mean, I've, I've brought it up before actually about how it seems to me that in recent months, maybe in the past year or so, um, I've gotten the sense that game of the month has kind of like declined a little bit in terms of like the quality of responses and stuff that come as a result of it. I know people are still playing the games and I mean we saw that even with the Wind Waker discussion that was being held um, but nobody was really talking about it on the forums so I think there's a couple of issues with the way that game of the month is currently running and I thought we could just talk it out a little bit to see if we could maybe come up with some suggestions for how it could work in the future. Um, one issue that I think has kind of been addressed is uh, there's been some suspicion that when the polls go up, people are kind of spamming votes uh, for the game that they want to win. And then ultimately, because those are empty votes, those don't equate to how many people actually end up playing the game. Uh, the... I think the solution that has been suggested is that we just go back to like a tally system. So once we open up voting on the forums, then people just say, I vote for this. And then at the end of the voting period, we just count how many votes everything got. Um, the only stipulation I would probably add to that is just to keep those hollow votes from getting through is maybe we should make it that you have to have an account for like a month. Uh, in order to have a vote or something? That's not the problem, though, because uh, if you have an account and you have multiple devices, you can vote on all of those devices. Well, I'm saying if we do the tally system. Yeah, I know, so but the, if you're just the other way is not going to work. Yeah, the other way. But, I mean, if you're... What I'm saying is with the tally system, you can still only vote if you've been a member for a month. So, like, you can't make a fake account to take place in the tally vote, basically. Not without being cool. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think one of the bigger problems in terms of making a, a game win with enough people behind it to generate a discussion is... In situations like this month, you know, voting credibility aside, you had two big games, Yakuza and, <clears throat> excuse me, Wind Waker, and people sort of had to choose between them. And I'm sure there were six or seven people who had voted for other games, but assuming that it hadn't gone to that split, might have all voted for a third game. And mm. so, although between the two of them, Wind Waker was more popular. When everyone said, these are the games that I would play this month, and gave a list, a different game actually might come out on top. And so I think it would be better, or well, I don't know how we'd get over the hurdles for this, if there was something more akin to a Facebook pop, where you could put a check next to every game that you would play that month. And okay. then the one with the most people who would play it would win rather than having to make a single first-past-the-post type pick. 
Another option that I think I've seen floated around uh, is like a Condorcet type of voting, where it's basically like ranked. So uh, you take the full list of games that have been nominated, and then you basically put them in order of what would be your highest preference, second preference, third, all the way down. And then each ranking is assigned like a certain point value. So then you just take all of the point values for each game and add them up at the end, and whichever has the highest point value wins, or something like that. Yeah, so like a a variant on alternative votes. Yeah. So, I mean, this is all getting into like just math at this point. <laughs> but, mm. I don't know. Among those options, what would you guys be best about? So just the regular tally vote, like saying, I want this. The second it's one would the be simplest to implement. Would be the simplest. Second one would be Rick's suggestion, which is saying these are the ones I would be willing to play this month. And then third would be just ranking by preference, which is probably the most complicated one. Yeah. And I, I think in terms of all three of them, unless there's a way to automate it someone has to go and tally that up which one of the perks of the way that we've been doing it thus far is that SurveyMonkey or whichever service is used to excuse me to to take the votes just automates that process and you get something fed out at the end and I think the key to making anything successful is finding a way of doing it where there isn't someone who has to add all the numbers together or take down a tally I mean, there always has been, like, a degree of responsibility to, responsibility to it. Um, most often, I think it's Nalb who kind of takes up charge for it in, you know, putting the polls together, um, always putting up the list of, the, like, ongoing list of games that we've chosen. So maybe one additional step could just be, you know, picking somebody it could even be Nalb, who seems to be on top of it for the most part, saying this is the person who's going to, you know, be in charge of it, basically, who's going to tally everything up, uh, announce things, put up the lists, um, maybe even regularize, like, what day we start nominating things, what day we start voting, all of that sort of stuff. Mm. And it's worth remembering that, and I've just looked at where the list has come up to. We've been doing this for three years now. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite remarkable when you consider the the community's not massively active generally, but we've all sort of rallied around this thing for three plus years. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know that everybody enjoys it when it works, and it's something that people really do rally around. Um, but I think there have been some issues with it. I think the second thing that I thought we could talk about um, in here is just to kind of get a sense of what games do draw people versus what games we've kind of been more lukewarm about actually playing. So I pasted that list into the Discord for both of you guys to refer to. 
Um, and so I'm just looking through it right now, and I'm looking at the ones that I have actually played versus the ones that I either haven't played because I already played them, or I didn't play them because I just didn't have access to them. Well, I think access is the biggest thing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty certain that the, the games that do well generally are the ones that you can get on anything or that are easier to get. So, you know, dragging back through 999, very, very easy to emulate. Prince of Persia, PC, and two fairly popular last-gen consoles. And that's the other thing. It means it's also uh, going all the way back uh, to the first one, Beneath a Steel Sky, that was free. Anyone can download mm. Scum or get it on GOG. Um, since the end of the night, same thing. Anyone can download a copy on PS1 and just run the ROM. So I think not everybody that- would want to, though. So I guess that's something worth considering, is that not everybody is going to emulate when given the choice. Okay, but then using the same example, it's downloadable on PSP and PS3, and I think think ps4 yeah it is on just about everything hmm. might even be on the or would have been on the wii virtual console i think i'm not certain of that though um, i don't remember it might have been hmm. um i've also uh i mean the creature triple features have always been pretty popular hmm. if i'm remembering correctly because I mean, yeah, you usually. Have... Oh, sorry. Usually, no, they only play one game though. Mhm. Because it's too hard to play three games. Length actually has it to do with it. Mm. A lot of the time, if the game is too long, people don't finish it. I guess this is why. I mean, oh, I sorry. wonder. No, it's cool. Uh, I just I was wondering, like, if finishing it should even be, like you know, the the ultimate goal of it. Has as it much as it should just be to play it as, as much as you can within the month and just, like, update on your progress, talk about where you are, discuss the mechanics and stuff with people who are experiencing them at the same time. Hmm. I, I always thought the discussion was sort of the point of it. I know, um, for an example, Oddworld, when that was nominated way back when, played it for about an hour, knew almost instantly that game was not for me. And so the point isn't I had to soldier on and get through a game I didn't like. The point was that game was something to talk about. And maybe that's another fact, the games where there are things to talk about. Um, so if you if you drag back through and look at some of the games that haven't done so well, Minesweeper, for, for the joke that it was, it's there's very little to say there. Yeah, I mean, um, Minesweeper is its own case, though. <laughs> yeah, that's probably I mean, fair. Honestly, Minesweeper is one of my favorites that we've chosen for Game of the Month, just because of the joke posts that came out of it. I don't yeah. think we should do it again, but <laughs> it was it was fun. Oh god, yeah, day 37. I'm sweeping the battlefield. I know they're <laughs> out there. They were great. They were pretty good. So yeah, I think we've hit on length. Um, so point. yeah, I mean, I'm looking back. I'm trying to remember how popular was the Fallout Four discussion, because 
that was game of the month right after it came out. Before my time, so. Okay. Maybe I I mean this is probably Googleable. Fallout 4. Well, game yeah, I guess so. I just know that I wasn't a part of most of this. Yeah. Cuz I didn't join till Bayonetta 2 would have been the first one that I joined. That one was really sad. Because Mock Turtle was so happy. Yeah. I think that really was the access one. Because at that point, unless you had a Wii U, you weren't playing that. If he had chosen it now, it would be different. Because there's it has access everywhere now. Which, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, Which one would we saying was it popular fallout 4 fallout 4 um i mean it had two pages of posts for it they were all from about three people for the most part but i mean there were some other people who chipped in here and there so i'm thinking i'm trying to look at the ones where it's games that either just came out or something like that about how popular those tend to be I guess the other one the other one that would fit that would be Horizon Zero Dawn. And oh, I don't remember that one being all that big. That discussion? Let me do a quick Google on that. All I know is that if for the book club, if it's a new game, I don't really participate because I'm not gonna place or pay sixty dollars to to participate in it. And I think that's the case with a lot of the community. Yeah, so I feel like new ga- new games are harder to, like, get involved with. And I think that games that are too well-known are also difficult because everybody who had, who was going to play Wind Waker had already done so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's just beloved. So games, games that are just too popular. Yeah. I think that, that has to have a caveat, though, because I think if Breath of the Wild had been not... Even well, if it was a month or two after its release, you'd have had gangbusters on it. I mean, that's that, different. Yeah, because that's a recent game. I mean, everybody has... Well, obviously not you, but most everybody has played Wind Waker at some point or another within the past 15 years that it's been out. Yeah. Okay, so we're sort of saying beyond a certain threshold, it probably is counterproductive. Okay. Only if it was, like, a super popular game. Like, I could not imagine that we would get a lot out of, like, Super Mario 64, for example. Mm. I mean, accessibility is another thing that, obviously, you can emulate, but like you say, not everyone wants to do that. And beyond emulation, you have the original, or the abomination that is the DS port. (laughs) Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. It's okay. Speaking of, though, just sidetrack, have any of you seen the rumours about N64 Classic? Uh, no. So no, Nintendo apparently filed a patent similar in the manner to which they did for the SNES Classic just before they announced that. And obviously E3's coming up. Ah. So, I would not be surprised. However, I know that they're going to be probably missing a lot of the great games on it because I can't understand how they would get uh, Banjo Kazooie on it. Or and Goldeneye. It, yeah, or Goldeneye. And if they don't really have the well, Goldeneye aged like milk. <laughs> but if they don't have Banjo Kazooie, I don't think it's worth it. Mm, 
Because I don't think there's a whole lot of games for the 60. Like, there's... The games that are on it are great. But there's not, like, the the amount that Super Nintendo has. I suspect it might be the perfect window for nostalgia. I think that's the thing. Because if you... If you played that growing up, you know, if you were 10, 11 when you started on that system, you're pushing 30 now. You have the disposable income. You're about the time where you want to to be a bit more nostalgic. And with that said, I do take take your point. There's nothing that massively jumps out. Obviously, there's 64. The two Zelda games have been remade. Star Fox 64. Yeah. Remade better on the 3DS. Well, arguably better. Yeah, and I guess Star Fox fans are fanatical enough to to pay exorbitant amounts just to get Star Fox back. I mean, no offense. They paid out the wazoo to get Star Fox 2 on the Super Nintendo Classic. Yeah, you guys are quite a force to be reckoned with, to be honest. And what are they rewarded with? Zero. Nothing. They're not. It's like, why <laughs> do you guys keep coming back? You are getting shuffled poop. Stop it. I think Maybe I might be the only the person who liked Star Fox Zero, but that's neither here nor there. There's like um, one other person I know of. Star Fox is a weird one. The only one I ever played was the one on the DS, which... Mm, it wasn't bad per se, but it didn't do enough to grab me, and I suspect the other games probably would leave me with a similar kind of feeling. I'm Monster Trashfire, and the only one I like is Star Fox Adventures. That's a great game. So underrated. And it's only because it's what I wanted from the series. And you don't have enough scarabs! (laughs) is the greatest thing ever. I think you're literally the only person who said, what do I want from that space shooting simulator? A game where you run around and hit things. I don't like the spaceships, though. They're not... It's not... I don't find it very fun. So then what you I want, want it to be an RPG. series is sort of redundant. Yeah, I wanted it to be a Zelda game. And it, you, that's what you got. Oh my god. And yeah. it, well, I don't even think it was that good either, but it was, like, fun for what it was. I mean, it was glitchy as hell, though. In that context, your view is redundant. Yeah, it's stupid, and it's not right, but I don't care. It's it, what I wanted. it is a very underrated game. I will say that until I'm blue in the face. Yeah, and I deserve to get what I want over the f- millions of fans that are paying for the product <laughs> that they want. I mean, that that's the danger when you bolt a franchise onto a game that it wasn't really designed for. You only have to look at Federation Force for that. Because it probably was an okay game. But no. it got pilloried because it wasn't the Metroid the Metroid fans wanted. No, it was legitimately it was, mediocre. It was just bad. And I was being very generous with it, too, because it was just like, you know, Metroid is all about, you know, like, ba- breaking boundaries and all that stuff and new ideas. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And then it was poop. And I was like, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Don't want it. Some technical difficulties. Oh, no. Oh, I think we're back. Huzzah. That was... And then I was like... And that made me feel... Better bit. Better bit. Well, it's all you. You are the wrench in the cogs. Alright, that's this Um, week's title. Alright, so... Just... I'm looking through the list again... 
trying to find others that were particularly popular. Um, and I think that Mega Man 1 through 6 did pretty well, and I think that Borderlands series did pretty well. Earthbound yeah. got a lot of discussion, and Valkyria Chronicles. I wish some of these were done when I was in them. <laughs> Um, I feel like Binary Domain did okay as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I know I played it. I can't remember oh, how the discussion was around it. That's a pretty great game. I um, played it on my old laptop, and I had to sort of prop it up so that the fans had enough juice to get it going. And even then, I couldn't play it more than ninety minutes at a time because my computer would literally shut itself off. But then, I mean, just previous to that, we played Omicron the Nomad Soul, and I you think... You say we played. Yeah, we, me. <laughs> I played Omicron, and probably no one else did. Um, so, I don't know. I'm trying to see if there is, like, a, a theme to the games that actually get talked about. Uh, a big thing, though, is... Um... When you're, I've noticed that people who pick something that they're like, you know, planning on playing, but it's like quote unquote planning, it usually peters out because they don't end up doing it. I think the thing to do is maybe pick something that you actually are playing currently mm-hmm. or that you're going to start the next day because people who. I, I don't think that people keep their word <laughs> and then discussion peters out. I think I think that's actually a really good point. Um, I think if you only were to nominate something that you're either currently playing or, like you said, about to start like the next day or something like that, then at least it gives a springboard for when the conversation starts. Um because if at least somebody has started it by the time the discussion begins at the beginning of the next month, then you don't have to necessarily have those three, four, five days where people are still, you know, getting a feel for it. Um, you can then start, like, putting out those questions and those concerns and compliments and stuff that you have about the game right at the start at, of the month. Yeah, I suppose it, it's just a case of people need to follow through if they vote for something. Yeah. Or the other thing that I've seen mentioned a couple of times, I don't know how much this really happens, but people have complained that votes are cast because, oh, it's a game that you should play, mm-hmm. not it's a game that I want to play, stroke play again. And that's a problem because if you're if you're going to come at it from that perspective, you know, maybe... Maybe you throw a post in the forum, but if everybody does that, then no one's actually playing, which is sort of the point of the book club. Mm-hmm. So I guess what we're saying is it should be a little bit old, so that it's affordable, potentially potentially accessible on multiple platforms. Um, I mean, it seems like. I mean, looking at Earthbound and Valkyria Chronicles and, like, Binary Domain and stuff, those particularly seem to be games that a lot of people have on their list of, like, games I need to play. They just haven't gotten around to them. And I think that they succeed because 
it finally gives them an opportunity to take it off of the need to play and onto the let's just play it now list. Yeah, and I think that's where the age and the accessibility really do show through. Because if it's been around long enough to to find its place on a few of those lists, and it's been easy enough to get to find its way there, mm-hmm. that sort of paves the way for for what you're describing. I feel like if a game is over twenty dollars, I'm not gonna play it for the the book club. Unless you already own it. Yeah, unless I already own it. But if it's over twenty dollars, then there's no way. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are the same. Like if it's over twenty dollars, uh, and it's something people don't really have, maybe think about that. Well, I'd, I'd go one further. I mean, I know there's been times in the past where I don't own the game, and from my perspective my backlog's way too big and given the forum from which we originate I think that's the case for a lot of us and so I, I think to myself well I can't justify buying this game just because we happen to be playing it right now mm-hmm. but I, that's sort of inherent I don't think there's any getting around that so I don't know I mean we obviously don't have all the answers that just the three of us can come up with and expect the community to follow around <laughs> we say it and it's law. Especially since I've only been around since the problem started. I wasn't going to say it. But... <laughs> I, I have not been contributing to the problem, so you can take your massive ego and <laughs> shove it up a place. It's not going to fit in that place, so... Ah. <laughs> <sighs> But ultimately, I, th- I think that we've had come up with some good ideas here. I think that I think that recommending games that everybody's, everybody's already played is probably not a great idea. I think that maybe nominating games that are just about to come out, unless they're like indie games that are $20 or less, maybe not a good idea. I think, like we mentioned, that per- that kind of perfect zone is those somewhat older games that people have been meaning to play but just haven't gotten around to. I think that is a solid zone to be in. But obviously, you know, nominate whatever you will, um, whatever you think will generate good discussion. And I think for now, the way that the forums are leading is we'll probably do the tally vote, at least for this next month going into June. Um, but I actually really like your idea, Rick, and I think that we should probably talk about that on the forums. Um, the idea of asking people what they would legitimately be willing to play. So, I mean, that way we don't get an instance of everybody with the same mindset, oh, everybody should play this, I won't, but everybody else should. Yeah, and in in the short term, I think that's a case of you know, dropping a post in and then going back and editing it mm-hmm. to, to say I would play X, Y, and Z. And maybe in the in the middle to long term, maybe Everdread is able to, to hook us up with something. Maybe we find a, a third-party service that can fill that need once a month. But it's, it's something to talk about. Something yeah. to work on. Cool. All right, that was actually a longer, much more fruitful discussion than I was expecting. Uh, what? Did you think we were all just going to, like, give up? 
or like divulge <laughs> into racism or something. Well, you <laughs> screw the book club. It's over. It's done. It's had its time. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast is canceled too. Just give up on everything at once. Oh. Um. Not yeah. Not even worth that. <laughs> so let's go ahead and slam down some intermission jams, and we'll be right back. For this episode's intermission, we have a remix of Save the Miners from the Earthbound soundtrack. It's called C60 Funk. It's by Maze Dude, and it's courtesy of ocremix.org.
And we are back. <laughs> it's almost like we never left. Almost like it. It's almost like when we recorded this, we just went straight through, and I only paused for a second between segments, and then when I edited them, I just cut them apart. Almost like it, but not. Spitball fetched. You know, to make it easier on you when you're editing, you should, like, scream right when we, uh, when the, the pause is, so you know we- where, to, where to cut it when you're editing. I mean, I know where to cut it, because I normally lead into it <laughs> in some way. Yeah, but, but it make it so much easier. Now who doesn't have faith? Just holler. Just scream like a banshee. Curve can't find the break unless someone's throwing a tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so our next section is what I have deemed the host segments. Uh, I'm, I want to say now, for the record, I've prepared a brief statement. I feel like recommendations is being sabotaged and devalued <laughs> by malicious market manipulation. And I want to go on the record and say I'm not in favour of this. And if you agree and you aren't in favour of this manipulation of our capitalistic freedoms, you should write your congressman. <laughs> so, with that said, go on with this farce. <laughs> I am sick of people taking your side. AKA <laughs> the right side, what do you want? People to take my side. <laughs> Come and be a goblin in the trash fire, it's more fun than it sounds. <laughs> I yeah. mean, honestly though, that, that sounds like Labyrinth, like David Bowie's Labyrinth, being a goblin in the trash fire. I'd, I'd absolutely want to be a part of that. Yes. Another thing I haven't watched. Not properly. Really? You're that was such a big part of my childhood. Wendy and Go on. I'm... Wendy and Brian Froud actually live like they live here, so I've met them like a whole bunch. <laughs> so it's like a super big part of like my life at least because I like know them. It's I've it's one of those I've never seen it all the way through. So I've seen like the beginning bit where the baby gets taken. I've seen the bit with the blooming cockney caterpillar. Alright, mate, down here. <laughs> Don't I've go seen... that way! <laughs> oh my gosh, you do it so good! Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen like the bit at the end where she's saying some random words and apparently that beats him with the power of friendship. Or, it's not uh, the power of friendship. It's the power of self-determination. It's not about the, the movie, because I don't actually really like the story. It's about the artistic direction and David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and those puppets don't you are shrug super, at David super, Bowie. super cool. I, I've seen some of the ones in real life, and they are awesome. Like, they are works of art. So I'm hearing you're ever so slightly biased. Well... Biased because she likes it? That's how it works. Biased because she knows the people that wrote it. She can't say anything back. I don't know. (laughs) I guess they did write it, but they also made all the puppets. Okay, there you are. So biased. But that's like... That's a way after the fact bias. I mean, I don't think she had that going through her mind when she was... a four-year-old child watching the film. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, I didn't know them then. My mom just There's no such thing as retroactive bias. Yeah. There is now. (laughs) Anyway. You're allowed to like David Bowie. 
In fact, you're required to like David Bowie. His what? What did you say? You heard me. No, I didn't, actually. That's why I was asking. I said he's not going to mind if you don't at it. Oh, we're not getting into that. We are not getting into that. Mic drop. We're just gonna move right ahead. We're we're not we're gonna do toast section first. Because you oh. don't get to speak right now. Oh, oh I recommendation. So toast toast, go ahead. My segment is called Hot Out of the Toaster. I thought it was fresh so out of the toaster. Oh yeah, fresh out of the toaster and it's so I much better. Hot out of the toaster now though. Hot? Yeah, I like that one too. <laughs> and it's so much better than Rick's. And what I want to recommend is um, Agret Suko. I just started, uh, well, I like just finished it, and it is so good. Watch it in Japanese, and it is awesome. I love it. Watch it. It's good. Do you want to tell us anything about it? Or... Oh, I figured everybody in the world knew about it at this point. It's um, Hello Kitty, like Santa Rio, teamed up with Netflix to make an anime. And it's about a office worker, like, girl, who um, is an office worker by day and a death metal artist by night. And it is so good. Ugh. You have to watch it in Japanese, though, because the audio for the English is not good. Well, you just feel that way about everything. But it's genuinely bad. <laughs> um, and the Japanese voice actor, I can't imagine it being anything else because they're just so perfect. And all the characters have such great character depth, and they have that signature Hello Kitty style and death metal, and it's so good. <laughs> oh, I want everybody to watch it. That's your homework. Oh, my, that's the thing. It is genuinely good. I'm and, not going to be able um, to spell it. Like, if you send me a link, I'll maybe. Well, it's on Netflix, and it's being like, like it's their promotional show right now. Huh. Whether it's on UK Netflix, I don't know, I'll have to have a look. I'm sure oh, it is. I'm sure it is. Just make sure you watch it in Japanese, because the original death metal songs were made for the Japanese version. So if you watch it in English, they had to adapt it, and um, apparently they're not as good. Because so a lot of... Sub not dub specifically, because they had to change songs, which are harder to change than um, audio. And a lot of the epithets that are in Japanese don't make sense when you translate them to English. So, I think that's a valid reason. Okay. So, so. deal with it. And go watch <laughs> it, because it's good. It is so good. Now that we're done with your mockery of a segment. Oh! oh. The only, the fan favorite recommendations. And this week's recommendation is the Picross 3D series for Nintendo DS and 3DS. You can't shake your head, Toast. You like it's those games. good, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna be sad. Difficulties again, so I can't hear what you're whining about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You seem to be cutting out in the middle of the oh-so-great recommendations. Yeah. It, maybe it's because your segment's not that great. I think the universe is silencing you. Also, your internet's beeping at me. It's not beeping at me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that's coming from. Alright, let's yeah. try this again. Pycross 3D. Yeah.
I will, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a reintroduction. Maybe we can edit. Is it so pronounced Pie Cross or Pea Cross? I thought it was Pea Cross. I don't know. I think you're. Don't look at me for pronunciations. Same. I thought you studied pronunciations. I mean. <laughs> pronunciations. I don't study pronunciations. correct pronunciations. Thank you. Necessarily. Shut up. <laughs> okay. So, in the interest of re recording, now that we're done with that travesty of the segment, there is the one, the only, the fan favorite recommendations. Oh, we're doing the whole thing again. Yeah, yes. I am. And this week's recommendation is the Picross 3D series, which is on DS and 3DS. And it's Picross, but it's better. And it's great fun, great for a commute, great for a jump in, jump out. Basically got me through the second season of University Deadline Simulator when I played that. So, yeah, well worth a go. Okay. I will not be doing my segment today uh, because I'm still workshopping it a little bit. And uh, the, the the guiding principle of it I have not prepared for, but I will be prepared for next episode. You could just talk about random stuff. Just talk about ran- just a random recommendation? Yeah. All random right. recommendation. Nope. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> A rec a, a recommendation. That oh. almost works. <laughs> almost, but not a quite. Anyway, so my recommendation. It doesn't work. It doesn't <laughs> roll off your tongue. It's We're awful. It's horrible. Anyway, uh, the only thing that I think I'm capable of recommending right now is it's actually it is a book. Um, it is called Lincoln in the Bardo. And it's by the author George Saunders, who is a pretty prolific short story writer. Um, it uh, it's sort of like historical fiction in a way, uh, very surreal and kind of postmodern. But it basically is uh, it follows the true story of Abraham Lincoln, whose son Willie Lincoln died in the midst of the Civil War. And uh, he was buried in basically a borrowed grave. And from time to time, Abraham Lincoln would go to the grave and, like, pull his son's body out of the tomb and just hold it. Uh, And it's horribly tragic, but the author basically takes that story and builds it into this narrative about all of the ghosts of the people buried in that graveyard... Uh, including Willie Lincoln, and how they basically react to Abraham Lincoln coming in and interacting with his son, and the son's ghost, like, feeling his father there. And it's very, it's painful, but it's beautifully written, very emotional, and I highly recommend it. Sounds like a quick and uh, happy read. It actually is pretty fast. Um, It's mostly dialogue in a sense uh so it kind of reads like a play almost and it's it's hilarious you would not expect that it is but there are parts where the ghosts are interacting and they have like these deformities that come out of them because they're in this weird spirit world uh so yeah it it's it is honestly a really fun 
and really heartbreaking reads simultaneously. Hmm. So yeah, that's my recommendation. Oh. Totally unrelated to video games. We go on so many tangents, I'm not sure that <laughs> listening. By the way, watch Made in Abyss. Just do it. Everybody listening, watch Made in Abyss. You get one recommendation and that's <laughs> Don't push your luck. God damn it. I don't oh. remember that rule being laid down that we can't be recommending. Write to your congressmen, people. Agret Do you even owns... have congressmen in the UK? Aren't they like parliament? We have of parliament. Yeah. They're same thing. But they sound a little bit more uppity. <laughs> <laughs> I take uppity over corrupt. Oh. What? Pardon? I said I'd take uppity over corrupt. Corruptity. Corruptity. <laughs> corruptity. Anyway, uh, let's just slide on away from that and get into our questions from the forums. Who wants to go first? Me, because I've got a little question of my of own. Of course you want to go first. Why wouldn't you? Oh, I didn't encroach on your <laughs> podcast, nor have I ever. And we're back to ganging up on me again. I see how it is. Go oh, ahead. So. Just speak. <laughs> Before the forum question, I've got a little question of my own. Ah! How do you guys feel about the Rage 2 announcement? Because I'm low-key high. I, it looks stupid. I have no connection to Rage whatsoever. I played the first game, and it went right under me uh, like nothing. I dislike shooters, and the style looks cringy. <laughs> The trailer, the first trailer, was very cringy. When it came to the actual gameplay trailer, it looked quite good. And the whole thing just tasted bad now. Now that they did that trailer, the whole thing's tinged. My suspicion is that they didn't want to announce it as early as they did. I suspect the leak forced their hand a little bit. And I'd like to think with more time, no. they realised that the trailer announcement trailer was not the smartest move. But just I, they should have just released the gameplay footage and just not even bother with the trailer. Don't bother with the trailer announcing gameplay to come. <laughs> yeah, Battlefield 5 did that recently as well. They had a, a trailer announcement trailer. It's like, oh, I, surprise, I surprise. <laughs> Alright then. Jesus. Sorry, I don't like shooters very much. I would like them more if they didn't make me ill and cost a lot of money for me to play. Fair. I mean, that's not their fault. Well, <laughs> actually it is. If it gets into, point, like, a field of view thing? Yeah, at this point, if you don't have a field of view over 90 degrees, it's your fault. And if you don't even at least provide a slider of yeah. some sort. And if you include view bobble just because you think it's stylistically appropriate... <laughs> then you deserve to be in the deepest depths of hell. I will concede every single one of those points. I will also add the point that, and this is my one concern about Rage from the gameplay, if your gun takes up more than a third of the screen, you are yeah. doing something horrifically wrong. Unless that gun does a dead space and incorporates your HUD. In that case, I can sort of accept it. I mean, I'm still going to get sick regardless, but if you got rid of those things, at least a, a larger portion of people wouldn't. Hmm, what's that? Okay, it's so... not always about me. <laughs> Just most of the time. 
<laughs> we're just we're just a podcast of narcissists. <laughs> All taking it in turns to take chunks out of each other in between purporting to talk about games. Speaking no. of talking about games, what's your question, Rick? Right, okay, so my question, which is really Nalb's question, is have you ever cheated your way to the end of a game? Which ones <laughs> and why? And for me, the answer is yes, once. And it's only a soft cheat anyway. So normally, like, if I'm inclined to try and do something like that to get to the end of the game, I'll just give up on the game. The one exception was... Wait, real quick. We should define what we mean by cheating. Um, anything beyond how the game is intended to be played. So I would include in that in certain mods that affect the gameplay challenge. I would include things where you put a cheat code into the game. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't think I'd include using a guide. I don't think that's cheating. Using no. a guide is not cheating? Not no, cheating. I don't think so. Okay. I think, you know, that's only the same as if you had a really not backseat drop. I don't think that counts as a cheat. It's so much as a handhold. Um, so the the one example in my mind is 2000 Transformers, which was on PS2. I think it also came out on GameCube and Xbox, but I'm not certain. Great game. But the minicons that you equipped to yourself had a very strict power limit to share between the four of them. And that annoyed the hell out of me and my brother when we played. So in a magazine, we found a cheat code that removed that limiter, used it, and that was it. The rest of the game we played normally. Other than that, I'm a good boy. <laughs> a real boy. <laughs> a real good boy. All right, good Toast, what about you? Are you a cheater? Okay. Um, I have abused in-game mechanics. That one I'll concede. Well, it's just if it exists. Like I know in Final Fantasy, there's lots of in-game mechanics to spawn in um, monsters of a higher caliber to get more experience than you probably should. If that's considered cheating, I have done it. It's borderline. Um, I have explicitly cheated in um a lot of the Harvest Moon games and Harvest Moon esque games just because I f I feel like it doesn't actually bring you anywhere closer to finishing the game it just makes like life a little bit better like I've added in items just so I could have them because the main thing I like about Harvest Moon is cooking because I love cooking and so I'll give myself like crap tons of ingredients to cook with and I've done it in Stardew as well because I just want to cook all day. Question, why would you not cook actual food that you could actually eat? I do that too. I'm just like cooking. But and it I also like takes a lot food. longer. Yeah, and I just like cooking. Cook. And it's more expensive. And cooking in video games just looks nice. I like the way it looks. So I like when they have cooking and all the games like and Skyrim and um, like all of them. They just, every game should have cooking in it. I know you hate the Wii, but did you ever play Cooking Mama Cook-Off? I don't really play Cooking Mama. I don't know. There's something that just rubs me. Like, it. I don't, I don't like it. 
I don't like her voice. I love Cooking Mama. Oh, I played well, I that played, game so much with my sister. I played the DS version um, because I, I think I had a one of my deaf friends. Um, she had the DS version, but it doesn't have any subtitles, so you never know what it's asking you to do. So she's like, I literally can't play this game here. Have it. So I played that one, and it was okay. But there's something about her voice and her personality that just makes me not happy. Her like, personality? I can do better. Oh, cooking mama. It's like, this makes me uncomfortable. But sometimes she Sometimes she will admit that you've done better than mama. It's like, better than mama. And she looks Wonderful. like... She, better than yeah, mama. I don't like, I don't like that her. That was Russian, not the Italian you were going for. That wasn't Italian. Well, That's just what she sounds like in the game. She's not Italian. She's Japanese. Yeah. But then how could she make it like a mama used to make? Because she, she's... <laughs> it's... It's, it's uh, mama. Like, it's mama. Like, they, they still use that phrase. She's going like, back. Love downward triangle, thing. downward triangle. Doesn't what? like the game that's explicitly about cooking. I like Cooks are Delicious. That one's good. That's a good game. Oh, I think I've seen that one. Is that the one... Keyboard Slapper. Like yeah. No, I'm... I've not played any of them. They all sort of feel a bit like box tickets to me, but I have got Valhalla waiting on Vita, which is sort of like that kind of gameplay, but with pop things and married to a visual novel. Uh, Barkeeper Type Slap. Why simulator. Like simulator, yeah. yeah. Looks good fun. And the music for that game is Oh my god. Yeah, it is really good. And I love that they had an announcement trailer with literally of tracks for six minutes and then a splash screen at the end. I'm so about that. More uh, games should do that. That's how you that. That's how you advertise for visual novels, believe it or not. The music and a splash screen. Pretty much. That's pretty much how most trailers are for visual novels. It's just like various screens and music all throughout it. Yeah, but various screens of the game and how the gameplay interfaced. This was literally a recording of the band playing <laughs> in a studio. <laughs> Sometimes they do that if the if the music that they've gotten is particularly good. All right, what was so. The actual question again. Oh yeah, the actual question was about cheating. Yeah, so I guess it's my turn to answer this question, and I'm gonna be honest. I think we'll have to come back to me because I have to go through my entire list of nearly 1,000 completions and decide which percentage of them I've actually cheated on, which is not yeah. insignificant. Oh so, no! <laughs> while I'm doing that. And while the audience grabs their pitchforks. Oh, you're not a good person. <laughs> so while I'm doing that, uh, so, uh, who wants whose question is it next? Toast you, I think. Oh. Okay. Go ahead with yours, my, and I will come back. My question is from Malori, and it's what uh, game, like YouTuber or streamer, uh, is your favorite? And I only listen, or I only watch Game Grumps. And Dan Abaddon is not only my favorite 
like YouTube slash streamer. He's like one of my favorite people in the universe. He is such a good person and adorable. <laughs> so that would be my answer. Not Aaron, though. Not really Aaron. <laughs> to date, one of my favorite things ever is that clip from Sonic 06. He's like, ah, no, I'm done. I'm fucking done. Can't tell you how much I laughed at that. I, I have been living for 10 minute hours. They are so good. So I keep subscribed, but I never watch them. What is that? Oh, it's them essentially have an excuse to just like fuck around for ten minutes, and Bleep. they're great. It's my I first. My soundboard this episode. Deal with it. Swear, We're PG thirteen now. Okay, it's my first one, so it's fine. And We've actually been quite clean this episode. Yes. Yeah, we have. So <laughs> cut us some. Fucking unacceptable. We need to. Hey, man. Goddamn. Okay. Stack. We, we were PG-13 a second ago, now we're R. Thanks, Rick. But yeah, you should watch the 10-minute power-up hour episodes, especially the makeup one. That one's, like, really good. And the Urkel one. It's not stupid. I swear. It's not stupid. Rick, I think it's your turn. Oh. Oh. Oh, you cut out again. Uh. Rick's causing problems again. <laughs> when is he not? God, what a loser. Oh no. We're back in the room. Oops. I wasn't saying anything mean. I, I promise. Nothing very mean. Yeah. <laughs> I believe you. Probably just ripping off on the Empire and I'll clean all of the rest of it. And all me. What's the Empire? What do you mean, what is the Empire? What's the Empire? Is that what you call your little, like... Center of Naval Excellence and Power. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> that's That rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. There's some dirty jokes there that I'm going to refrain from because we're PG-13. <laughs> right, where were we before the internet cock blocked our podcast and where do we want to jump back in uh it was your turn to answer the question about who your favorite gaming personality is on the intranets oh that's right we were talking about the 10 minute power hour weren't we and you were yeah. telling me it's their excuse to do something the timmy jimmy oh, power hour no the 10 minute power hour like with the with the game rooms it's they they just fuck around it's great. Bleep, bleep, bleep! <laughs> oh yeah, you fucking slag. We're Stop! <laughs> There's some really, really genuinely great segments. Sorry? There's some really, really great, like, genuinely great segments. Okay. Especially, like, I think the Easy Bake Oven one was really good, and then the one where they put makeup on each other was really good. Oh, I think I saw the thumbnail for that one. It was yes. Horrific. Unicorn Bukaki. Oh, oh God, no! All right, real, real quick before, uh, before we go back and Rick answers his part of the question, uh, are we counting my speed runs as cheating? Did you cheat to speed run? I mean, you use glitches to skip parts of the game. Not yes, about cheating. that's cheating. But like, it's in the game. But I mean, like, it's not for the purpose of beating the game 
in terms of having like a completion on my list. It's for the purpose of speed running. Fine, fine. Okay. The only way a speed run cheating is if it was a tool assisted. Otherwise, I think you're golden. Cool. Um, All right, Rick. Answer the question. Punk. I don't really, I don't really watch many personalities or anything like that. So I sometimes I watch the Rocket League pro players when they're playing, and occasionally I watch a guy called Simon Miller who does some sort of oddball gaming content. But other than that, like I watch more current event, philosophy, politics stuff if I'm watching YouTube or like comedy skits. I don't really watch much gaming content. Yeah, I mean, I kind of don't either, so that's kind of a tricky question for me, too. Um, but uh, as far as, like, I do try to keep up with speedrunners. Um, I haven't really been speedrunning myself lately that much, but I try to follow what they're up to and the progress they're making. Um the one that comes to mind that I'm a big fan of is Half Coordinated. Uh, he's a speedrunner who uh, only has the use of one of his hands, um, but he still plays at like top tier levels and is has you know world records and he's in the top like three or top five of a bunch of other games that have high level execution and stuff like. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't know where he is in the near automata leaderboards right now, but he used to be very high up there. Alright, so thanks to technical difficulties, the software I was using to record cut us off in the middle of that last conversation. Uh, I was talking about the speedrunner Half Coordinated, who is my favorite gaming personality. Um, I think it cut off before I gave my actual rationale for it, but basically uh, he's just a very positive person, very upbeat about stuff. Um, he, uh, The answer I gave when I answered this question last time before it got cut off by the software um, was that I was very inspired by a speech he gave at one of the Games Done Quick events where after finishing his run he basically spoke directly to disabled gamers and said, you know, you may not be able to achieve every goal that you want to achieve in your life because of your disability, but as long as you attempt it, you may be able to find out that the bar that you can achieve is higher than you initially thought it was. And to me, that's both a realistic and a very idealistic answer, and I really appreciate the optimism that he shares there. So anyway, that was my answer to that question. We had another question, but for the sake of time and not having to repeat ourselves ad infinitum, ad ad nauseum, uh, we're just going to skip that one. <laughs> and I will get to relive my answer to the question about if you have ever cheated in a game. I answered this when we were recording before, and they pooped on me because of it. So now I get to re-enter that seventh circle of hell or whatever fortunately circle. I got it all out of my system so <laughs> so the vitriol won't be quite as bad alright so this is the list that I finally came up with and I noted that I probably missed some of them either because I just skipped over reading them or I forgot that I cheated in them so 
it's likely bigger than is even shown here. So from the beginning, Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life, I cheated to duplicate a certain spice that you can sell, and then I found out that you can actually cheat in another way, that you can get all of that money without having to duplicate it. So in cheating, I actually made more work for myself, which is just awesome. Call of Cthulhu, I think it's called Dark Corners in the subtitle or whatever. Basically, my version got to a couple of unbeatable states, so I had to put in codes to skip certain levels. Dark Cloud, uh, Mega Man 7, Omicron the Nomad Soul, the systems in that game are just so outdated and obsolete that I used codes to work around them. Demon Souls, DuckTales, Goblin Commander, Unleash the Horde, there's a code in that you can input to skip straight to the end of a level. I did that for like the last five or so because I'm a scrub. Doom, Earthworm Jim, Pinocchio, The Lion King, Toy Story, Aladdin, Tin Star, Super Mario Brothers, Plock, Super Mario RPG, and Contra. For most of those, the cheating was using save states. So, yeah. You bad human, you. <laughs> it was a lot more violent last time. The things they had to say to me. That's fair. <laughs> Anything else you want to get out of your system? Hmm. No, I'm tepid now. You don't want to burn me at the stake. Mm, no, you're. No, I'll not say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> they missed out on the worst of it, so you have to throw no, it out. No, I'm good. No, throw yeah. down. Far be it unto me to make fun of anyone for their hair color. Oh. <laughs> in so case you may as well. In no, case anybody's you. forgotten from the past five episodes where it has not been referenced, I am a redhead, and apparently that reflects on my character. Poorly. <laughs> it's what people say, but I would never. Right, right. You would never. Um, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and uh, restate my reasoning for why I cheat in games because I feel like even though I'm not being attacked, I should defend myself. Uh, I will often. You haven't got good yet. <laughs> in a way, that is kind of the answer. Basically, if I reach a point in a game where the difficulty or the systems are just not fun anymore, then I don't see any reason to bang my head against a wall on something I'm not having fun with. So if there is a way to cheat, then by Jove, I will cheat. Because really, no one is, you know, being cheated but myself. And if I don't see it as cheating, then... What's the harm done? I'm having fun. I get to sleep at night. I get to save some time. It's a win-win for everybody. So, suck on those eggs. That just reminds me about how you ended the last one. <laughs> they don't need to know about that. Well, they do now. What no. was the interesting thing about your... Uh, your oh, no, no, no! Don't do it! It's oh, done. he cut out anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's all done. Balls, <laughs> internal, scrotum, shrinking. You get the idea. In so many words. 
Yes. In so many words and so many more. So, now that we've all relived that and have to walk away with that mental image... And the lovely audience at home have that in their heads for a fortnight. You're welcome. Keep it going, champ. I believe in you. You're a... You you (laughs) handsome devil. Any other thoughts we want to leave people with? So many, but I'm going to restrain myself. That's probably for the best. (laughs) Bye, everybody. (laughs) 